minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Tuesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Oh, 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 oh. 
Sorry about that. Oh, that's funny. That is funny. The track continues and ends up with uh, one of my intros. How do you like that? Yeah, not done on purpose. Anyway, it's a JM in the AM Tuesday. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. Ooh, I got to put our Yeshiva League sports update on our list for today. Got to remember that on Tuesdays. Uh, Yeshiva League sports update coming up in hour number two this morning here at JM in the AM. All right, you heard uh, Yaakov Shweki's Ach Sameach Lamanachai done by. Excuse me, done by the combination of Shalshalis and Maccabees. Modaani from Aryeh Kunzler, Kishoshana was Avremo, Avram Fried. Lamelech, that Ohad live selection that has gone rightfully so, um, has gone from uh, just being a video on the web to one that uh, people are watching constantly. And uh, Regesh Modaani opening things up, and we say good morning. It's Tuesday on this December 6th, day 6 in the month of Kislev. The year 5777, Tuf Shanai in Zion. 28 minutes after 6 o'clock on a 
Tuesday morning with 40 degrees here in New York, 65% humidity, winds are north at 2 miles an hour. Afternoon showers and a high temperature of 48 then tonight. Rain and a low of 43. Tomorrow, cloudy skies and a high temperature of 49 degrees. Yerushalayim is at 60. We're at 40 here in New York City as we say good morning at JM in the AM. And I thank you very much for tuning in. Shiva League Sports Update next hour. Alan Fagan of the OU is going to be joining us coming up in, um, oh, I don't know, about an hour and 15 minutes from now. And the plenty to talk about on this um, a Tuesday morning broadcast as we take you through the morning with an amazing lineup of programming coming up all through the day. So I uh, strongly recommend you keep your app and your uh, website and your listen line um, and your web radio exactly where it is with us here at JM in the AM. Simple as that. And I thank you very much for uh, tuning in. Had an amazing experience last night. The Bloom and Brescher families celebrated the wedding of Leia and Shimshon. And it was just an incredible celebration. It was just an amazing and wonderful uh, gathering in Brooklyn, New York. And uh, Aaron Teitelbaum and his orchestra with the great Yisrael Lamb conducting and Shlemy Daskal with the uh, lead vocal. Just a, uh, a wonderful night. In, uh, in Brooklyn with people from far and wide coming to celebrate and be part of the big Simcha. So to the Bloom and Brescher families, we say Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. And uh, it was really uh, wonderful to be part of that incredible evening. Barry Weber is next. You're listening to a Tuesday morning edition of JM in the AM.
Jam in the AM with Pure Soul and Modim. Barry Weber before that with One Heart. Daf Yomi, it is out there. Appropriately enough, he uh, comments that he's on his way to the Daf. <laughs> I guess that's where he should be. Uh, Yair says, good morning, Nachum, two days in a row. Thank you, Yair. Spread the word, and I hear you are spreading the word about the NSN Nachum Single Network app. We greatly appreciate that. And listener Tikva, of course, is listening in Petach Tikva, Israel, also spreading the word about our incredible Nachum Siegel Network and the app. And don't forget, if you have friends who are frustrated and feel the only way that they could hear us and listen to us is through conventional methods of years ago, give them the listen line, 
in the AM. A lot of yummy lowy in that hour. Uh, he had Moshe Kibel. He also had Lovado earlier. Moshiach done by Rogers Park. You heard Shoresh with Filali Shlom Hamdina. This is a JM in the AM Tuesday morning. Yeshiva League Sports Update coming up. Big shout out going out to our friends at Crown Trophy. Mike Feller and the entire staff. Crown Trophy. Synonymous with Yeshiva League Sports. That basically says it all. Synonymous with Yeshiva League Sports. Um, at about 7.20 Eastern Time, you'll hear that Yeshiva League Sports update. By the way, uh, checking out some of the comments that are coming in as the NSN app gives you the ability to literally be in touch with us and comment right there on the spot. Satmer Chusid says, great idea, very clear. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. At this wedding last night, a lot of people coming over excited about this. Excited about the revolution, the independence, the bonus JM, which is such a big feature already. Because very, very often, as I've proven over the last few days, we're going to be starting before 6 a.m. And that's fun, especially for those around the world who are further east than we are, who are waiting with bated breath for the beginning of the show. Listener Tina says, uh, listening from uh, Cote St. Luke. Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Oh, I got to tell the sports rabbi that we've got a listenership in uh, Cote St. Luke. Thank you very much for tuning in. Spread the word. And those of you, like I said earlier, those of you who know people who are not able to adjust to the 21st century, if they insist on using conventional methods of the 20th century to listen to us, give them the listen line. 605-562-4400. 605-562-4400. Based on the tens of thousands of minutes that are being used every day on that listen line, there'll be all a lot of people like that in our community around the world who would prefer that method of listening. And hey, we're here to provide it for them. It's as simple as that. News from Israel is coming up. Yeshiva League sports update I told you about. Also, I wanted to mention our very own Mayor Weingarten uh, is going to be the featured speaker at the Young Israel of Flatbush. Uh, Mayor Weingarten will speak at Sudachli Sheet. He's host of the Israel Show, of course, here at the Nahum Siegel Network, and uh, subs for me here at JM and the AM. And uh, following Mincha, which is at 4.05, this coming Shabbos, uh, Mayor Weingarten is going to be uh, addressing the congregation. Young Israel of Flatbush is at the corner of Avenue I and Coney Island Avenue in uh, Flatbush, Brooklyn. So uh, take advantage. Go here, Mayor Weingarten. He always has something amazing to say. It is, in fact, America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners' sponsored digital radio. Heard exclusively around the world on AlchemSiegel.com, the NSN Network, and, of course, the NSN app. Tuesday on this December 6th, day 6 in the month of Kislev, the year 5777. 40 degrees outside. 
We've got um, 65% humidity, winds are north at 2 miles an hour. Afternoon showers today, high temperature of 48. Tonight, rain with a low of 43. Tomorrow, cloudy skies, a high temperature of 49 degrees. Yerushalayim is at 60. We're at 40 here in New York City. I thank you for tuning in. If you missed any of uh, yesterday's appearance by Benny Friedman, make sure to check out the archives at NahumSiegel.com. You'll be glad you did. It was a great, fun interview introducing the brand new album. Coming up at 9 o'clock this morning, JM Rewind. Going back to some of our great interviews over the last couple of weeks. Galei Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next at JM in the AM. Galei Tzal, Asha'a 2, Kan Shubel Karmi Mansour, in Mashakore Achshav. הישגי תלמידי ישראל במתמטיקה, מדעים וקריאה נמוכים מרוב מדינות ה-OECD, כך קובעות תוצאות המבחן הבינלאומי פיזה שפורסמו הבוקר. מנכלית משרד החינוך מיכל כהן הודתה בריאיון לרינו צרור שיש פערים לא תקינים בין התלמידים בישראל וציינה שנעשים מאמצים לצמצם אותם. יש לנו שני מקצועות שהיהודים, המגזר דובר עברית, נמצא far away הרבה מעל הממוצע, ובמקום אחד כמעט כמו בממוצע, דוברי הערבית מונמך בכל. זו אותה מערכת ויש לנו אחריות לדוברי הערבית. יש לנו אחריות לעשות את השינוי. אם לא נדע לשנות את זה, לא נצליח להתרומם מהמקומות האלה. יושב ראש הקואליציה דוד ביטן השעה את חבר הכנסת בני בגין לשלושה שבועות מוועדת החוקה של הכנסת לאחר שהצביע נגד חוק ההסדרה. כתבנו מיכאל שמש. למרות הכבוד שכולנו חשים כלפי חבר הכנסת בני בגין, הדין בקואליציה שווה לכולם. מי שמפר משמעת קואליציונית יוטלו עליו עיצומים, כך יושב ראש הקואליציה שעד עכשיו נמנע מלהטיל עונשים על חבר הכנסת בגין, אך שינה את דעתו. במחנה הציוני מתחו ביקורת על ההשעיה, ואילו השר זאב אלקין מהליכוד תמך במהלך. אני הייתי ארבע שנים יושב ראש קואליציה, עשיתי הרבה פעמים מהלכים כאלה, זה מקובל בכנסת כשחבר קואליציה מצביע בניגוד למשמעת, הוא מראש יודע שיש לזה בדרך כלל מחיר, וזה אותו דין לכולם, לכל חברי כנסת של קואליציה. במקרה הזה בני בחר את מה שהוא בחר, אני מצטער אגב על זה, אני חושב שהוא טועה לגופו של עניין, אבל הפעולה של יו"ר קואליציה היא די מתבקשת. רוכב אופנוע כבן 50 נפצע קשה בתאונת דרכים עצמית בכביש 57. צוות של מגן דוד אדום פינה אותו לבית החולים הלל יפה עם פגיעה רב-מערכתית. הפסל המוזהב בתמותו של ראש הממשלה נתניהו, שהוצב היום בכיכר רבין בתל אביב, פונה לפני כשעה על ידי האומן איתי זלעית ומקורביו. הפינוי נעשה בהוראת העירייה והמשטרה, אולם מספר דקות קודם לכן הפסל הופל על ידי אדם שכינה אותו תועבה ופגיעה בכבודו של ראש הממשלה. אותו אדם נעצר על ידי המשטרה, וזלעית אמר כי הוא מצטער על האופן שבו הדברים התנהלו. הכל פעם בא ו... וכן, חבל שזה הגיע למצב, לדברים, לפיזיות כזאת כמו שזה הגיע, אבל זאת לא הייתה מטרה בכל מקרה. נראה לי שבכלל כדאי שנירגע. אני באתי מהקשר אומנותי, ובסדר, אומנות ויצרים זה הולך ביחד. שר העבודה והרווחה חיים כץ אמר כי סגירתו הצפויה של מעון רעות לילדים חוסים במצוקה בירושלים שנחשפה הבוקר בגל"צ היא פגיעה שהדעת אינה סובלת. השר כץ הבטיח להידבר עם העמותה המפעילה את המעון ולמצוא פתרון מוסכם שימנע את פיזור הילדים במוסדות אחרים. אם אחד הילדים השוהים במעון שוחחה עם ראש דסק התחקירים אבנר הופשטיין ושילה פריד שחשפו את המהלך המתוכנן. אני חושבת שזה יהיה אסון, אסון גדול. שעוד שלושה חודשים בעצם 24 ילדים הולכים להיזרק לרחוב, למסגרות שבעצם 
לא יודעת אם הן מתאימות להן. התחזית למחר, לרוב נאה בלי שינוי ניכר. אלה החדשות שעורכת קרן בן מרדכי.
yeah. JM and the AM, how do we do it? How do we play such great music? I myself don't know the answer to that question. It just happens every single amazing weekday morning. And, of course, with JM Sunday with Matis on Sunday morning. Uh, Yaakov Shweki's We Are a Miracle. Ohad had Birchat Sabanami. heard some Chalainer in there with Espanecha. Micha Gammerman's Imeshkachech. We did that off of the video um, from South America. Him and that amazing choir. JM and the AM, you know what happened? Oh, and by the way, a, a shout-out to listener Jonah. Listener Jonah is tuned in in the Holy Land. A special shout-out to him. By the way, um, uh, a lot of people are waiting with bated breath, as you can imagine, for the Yeshiva League Sports Update. Happens this time each and every Tuesday. Big shout-out to our friends at Crown Trophy, Mike and company. The um, Yeshiva League Sports Update every single Tuesday keeps you and us, everybody, up-to-date on what's happening in Yeshiva League hockey and basketball and whatever other sports uh, Elliot Weiselberg can fit in. That's how it works. Shiva League Sports Update time on a Tuesday morning, JM in the AM. Here is Elliot Weiselberg. Thanks, Nachum. Straight ahead on your Tuesday morning, JM in the AM Sports Update. A positively perfect morning as the Heschel Heat blaze out ahead of the pack in varsity basketball and DRS sweeps Rambam and hockey in the greenhouse. All that and more, good morning. I'm Elliot Weiselberg. The Heschel Heat made a statement this past week in boys varsity basketball, and it reads, We're for real. Coming into the season, the two teams at the tip of people's tongues for championship contender status was Frisch and SAR. This past week, Heschel dispatched of both. On Tuesday night, Heschel got by the Sting 58-55, behind 18 points by Jeremy Spira, despite an impressive 26-point showing by SAR's Daniel Wazatsky. On Thursday night, the Heat did it again, coming from behind against Frisch to drop the Cougars 59-50. Harlan Rice scored 17 to lead all players in that contest. The win puts Heschel at 4-0, and the win over SAR means that the Heat are now the only team in the West without a loss. Speaking of teams without a loss, coming into the week, it had been nearly 20 months since the last time DRS Varsity dropped a game. The streak of 40 wins, including tournaments and pre- and postseason play, stretches back to the 2015 Varsity Championship, where they lost to Hafter. In an ironic twist of fate, it was Hafter that brought the streak to an end, defeating the Wildcats 48-47, hanging on despite an early 20-point lead that the Wildcats slowly chipped away at. Additionally, on Sunday, the Wildcats would experience yet another long-forgotten feeling, a losing streak, dropping a 60-41 contest to Frisch in a rematch of last year's semifinals. At least DRS Hockey keeps up their end of the perfect bargain. Last night, the Varsity Wildcats shut out Eastern Division-leading Rambam Ravens 4-0 in DRS. A back-and-forth contest until a fluky goal in the final minute of the second. DRS ran away with it in the third to up their record to 4-0, but even more impressively have not allowed a goal through four games this season, outscoring opponents 19 to nothing in that stretch. On the JV side, the Wildcats jumped into sole possession of second place with a 5-1 win. DRS at 3-0-1 currently finds themselves one point behind Flatbush in the East, who sits at 4-1 after trouncing YDE last night. Rombaum falls to 3-3 in third place and will meet up with those Flatbush Falcons next week in Brooklyn. In JV basketball, it's Frisch and SAR jumping out to pristine records at 6-0 and 4-0 respectively. Frisch assured themselves of at least a 500 season, defeating Heschel and DRS this past week. 
TABC will look to do the same when they face Hank this coming Thursday, after knocking MTA from the ranks of the undefeated, downing them 45-38 to this past Motzei Shabbat. For more Yeshiva League action, tune into tonight's Encore presentation of The Court Report at 7 p.m. on the Nachum Siegel Network. This past Sunday, we brought everyone up to date on girls' basketball, including the impressive starts of Hank and SKA on the girls' JV and varsity B levels. We also discussed the potential roads for Kushner varsity basketball after their hot start to the Yeshiva League season. All that and more tonight at 7 p.m., only on the Nachum Siegel Network, NachumSiegel.com. And that was your Tuesday morning, Jame, the AM Sports Update. I'm Elliot Weiselberg. בכל מקום ובכל ארץ לא רוצה שיהיה אחרת יהודי אני זה משהו נצחי בני אברהם יצחק ויעקב בני ישראל
J.M. and the A.M. Great song. Great song. Benny Freeman. Drop behind schedule for Rabbi David Goldwasser's words. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. In the narrative concerning Barzillai Hagiladi, found in Shmuel Bays, Barzillai, a wealthy man in a very loyal alley of David Amelech, supports the king during the time of Avshalom's rebellion. When David HaMelech finally returns to Yushalayim, he wants to reclaim his throne. He offers to reward Barzillai for his faithfulness. Barzillai, who is now 80 years old, protests. He says, How many are the days that remain in my life? Does your servant taste what I eat or what I drink? Indeed, Chazal acknowledged the infirmities of age in detailing the Torah's mandate to honor one's parents. Older age can be a time of physical and mental pain, fear, and sadness. Very aged parents can sometimes withdraw from painful reality to pleasant memories of the past. Others can become irritated by their limitations and they're not often aware of their withdrawal from activities that they used to enjoy. One's care and attention for their parents may never be diminished. The chashivas of the neshama within each person remains constant throughout our entire lives. The Sefer Orchos Chaim by Rav Shach discusses how to deal with various nisyonas, challenges in life. There it talks about the Yemei Zikna, old age, as one of the most difficult kufos, stages in one's life. When a person is young, he's full of hope, he has vigor, He's got the strength to do anything. He feels the energy coursing through his Ramach Ivarim and Shesogidim. However, as a person ages, he becomes a little weaker, less energetic, more dependent on the help of others. He is sometimes beset by a feeling of uselessness, which can chas v'shalom break down his will. Rabbi Avram Mordechai, the Imre Emes, had lived through the Holocaust, and during his last years, he was very ill. His experience had broken his body. He had great sar, pain, that left him stooped and hunched, with his head completely bowed. Any movement or the slightest turn of his head would give him great yisurim, great pain. When people would come to speak to the Imreyemis, they would bend forward and lower their head to minimize the Rebbe's need to move his head. His son, Rabbi Yisrael, would often come to see his father at different times during the day. He wanted to be sure that his father wouldn't have to lift his head even slightly to see who was entering the room. And therefore, Rabbi Yisrael would move very silently. He would then quickly lower himself to the ground and lie down on his back on the floor with his face looking upwards towards the Imre Emes. The future Gera Rebbe, would in this way talk to his father. Such was the level of the Beis Yisrael's covered, the honor and the respect for elders, a paradigm for us to model. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you Morning Chizik. Have a nice day.
strangers raising flags Seen you dressed in nation ranks Seen them all turn around Just like you I hold my ground But I stand quiet, I stand still Like a rock throughout the ages I'm just a stone from your home I'm Jerusalem stone And I waited That is a Jerusalem Stone done by Eighth Day. Zusha before that. 
I mentioned earlier, listener Tina from uh, Cote St. Luke, Montreal, Quebec. Thank you very much for checking in on our app. Uh, listener GJ, officially astonished that someone got his question right earlier. If you're paying attention to the app, then uh, you know exactly what he's referring to. Listener Daniel, wishing us a great day and says he always enjoys listening. New York to Montreal, quite a screen name, letting us know they've been listening for over 30 years and continue to do so. Mazel Tov, according to this listener, to Michal and Daniel Drapkin on the birth of twins. Mazel Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. And the Star 303 would like to know our listen number, our listen line number, and that's 605-562-4400. If you know people who insist on utilizing methods that were conventional in the 20th century, as many, many, many of our listeners are doing, collect a vote to them. Uh, you can give them a telephone line. They can hear us 24 hours a day at 605 605- Five six It is fitting, to say the least, that within the first week of our brand new uh, situation, since our transition, uh, that Alan Fagan, Executive Vice President at the, uh, at the OU, uh, joins us live in studio, in our New York City studios, for this edition of JM and the AM. I have told the story many, many times, and I'm going to tell it again. Um, when we first started, and I'm talking about mid-1983, there were a handful, and not even a hand my size, a much smaller hand, a handful of people and organizations that felt there was tremendous promise and great hope for the effort that we had undertaken at that time founding JM and the AM again in mid-1983. And among that small handful of people and organizations was, in fact, the OU and the leadership at that time. And I can tell you that on the Friday, we announced, I believe, September 20th was a, I don't remember what day of the week it was. Uh, but that Friday, or the Friday before, as a courtesy to uh, Alan and everybody at the OU, uh, we informed uh, Alan what was happening in terms of our transition, in terms of our independence, in terms of what would be happening on December the 1st. And everybody, of course, has their reaction to the news, uh, all across the spectrum, and his reaction was simple joy and um, and felt that we have even greater potential in this new situation. With that all having been said, I say good morning to Mr. Alan Fagan, who is here in our studio. Good morning, sir. Good morning, uh, Nachum. It's uh, wonderful to be here again, and uh, mazel tov on this really fantastic transition. Uh, like I say, from the moment you first heard about this, you have been so enthusiastic. Uh, you know there's nothing like independence. There's nothing like uh, like growing and continuing to move on to uh, the next project, so to speak. And for us, this is the next project. And uh, we're going to make you proud. We're going to make you proud as this worldwide audience grows and as this network continues to grow. And who knows what's going to be the next step. But I am I am committed to take this one day at a time. It's enticing to start thinking about months and years from now. But I'm committed to taking this one day at a time. I'm sure that would be advice you would give, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so that's the situation. And by the way, seeing you, and it's been a while, uh, I recall the uh, the summer nights we spent together just a few months ago. Uh, it's no secret that the OU and NCSY have been uh, really the backbone of some of our great programming. And you and I simply <laughs> quelled and enjoyed Yom NCSY, and all of our broadcasts from Israel this summer. It's something that we hope to do again, please God, and everyone seems to be excited about it. Is there any way, even our video and our audio didn't do it justice, is there any way for you to convey to this audience what it's like to sit there at the amphitheater at Bar Ilan University? Well, uh, you know, having uh, been there, that it's almost impossible 
uh, to capture the magic of the moment. Uh, this uh, summer we had about 1,500 teens uh, in the stadium. <coughs> and the most beautiful part of it was it was a microcosm of yeah. the Jewish people. Uh, we had hundreds of kids from public school backgrounds uh, who were for the very first time in their lives coming to Israel for the very first time in their lives, most of them learning Torah. Uh, and we had the most serious kids from yeshivas and day schools across the United States and Canada learning in our kolel, learning in our mechlelet program. And they were all together in one place singing and screaming <laughs> and yelling and being inspired uh, by this really magical uh, uh, evening. Uh, uh, to me, that's the essence of our mission. It's the essence of the Jewish people. It was an incredible musical event and a big advantage for leadership like yours because you had an opportunity to really show some of your lay leaders. We spoke to a lot of them at the event, you know, firsthand what you're able to accomplish. And boy, with the summer programs, it's a tremendous amount of accomplishment. It, it was just a remarkable uh, evening. Uh, our, our leadership uh, that was there uh, has provided really incredible support uh, to all of our programs, particularly uh, uh, our Ann, Sans Ann Sampson uh, Teen Jerusalem Journey, right. which brings about 500 public school kids uh, to Israel each summer in a very, very heavily subsidized uh, program to expose them to our land, to our people, to their Jewish identity, uh, for many of them for the very first time, and they come back absolutely transformed. Well, the summer ended, and it was on to the 5777 year, are you happy so far with the way things are going at the OU during this current uh, Jewish year? I'm always happy. <laughs> Simple as that. Huh? <laughs> Simple as that. Uh, but a lot of new innovations or a lot of new direction? What would, how would you classify what's happening now at the OU? We are in a, uh, an enormous uh, growth mode. Uh, we are uh, about uh, to have a leadership change uh, in our uh, lay leadership. We'll hold our biannual, uh, uh, biennial elections uh, in January. Oh, it's right around uh, the corner. Right around the corner. Uh, we will have a new incoming uh, administration. Uh, the new president will be uh, Moshe Bain, who has been a long-time lay leader uh, at the OU, a uh, very distinguished uh, attorney. Uh, and I think part of what's on uh, our agenda is not only to increase uh, the size and scope of our traditional OU programming, uh, but really now to begin to concentrate in, in a much more serious and a much more robust way uh, on, on dealing uh, with issues of personal relationship uh, to, to God, to Torah, to the way we daven, uh, and to begin to roll out uh, some significant programming uh, that we hope will help people uh, in their own personal quest uh, for greater uh, uh, religious identity. Uh, we're going to start that uh, at our uh, new, different uh, convention format uh, on January 15th at City Field. Yeah, a unique uh, venue and a unique event, and we'll talk about that in a moment. And kudos, as you mentioned all this, to both the outgoing and incoming administration. Each one, it seems to me, at least from this vantage point, brought its own strengths and its own ideas and innovation to the table. 
And that's only a good thing, right? Absolutely. We, we've been blessed uh, to have a really extraordinary base of lay leaders. The outgoing president, uh, Marty Nachumson, uh from Los Angeles, uh, has been a really extraordinary and, and visionary uh, uh, leader. Uh, and we've been equally blessed uh, to have a very, very substantial group uh, of, uh, of supporters uh, many of them tuned into particular aspects of what it is that the OU does, uh, whether it's Yahad uh, or NCSY uh, or our programs in Israel or any of the many, many other programs uh, uh, that we run. Uh, our advocacy efforts have mm. now been the beneficiaries of enormous support uh, from throughout the community that allows us to really accomplish what it is that we've been able to do. And that really takes a nationwide effort because we know advocacy is, uh, you know, every single state can be represented, every single state can play a role in all of that, and especially sometimes the more obscure you know, Jewish communities, and excuse the term, I don't want to insult anybody of it out there, but they can be involved in a way that uh, that we in the larger Jewish communities cannot and have the influence that sometimes we cannot. Yeah. So it's really a nationwide effort when it comes to advocacy. And you mentioned, and the, the way you're describing the incoming administration, it sounds like there's a, uh, a concentration on an area that you've done pretty well at uh, already, and that's spiritual growth, essentially. That that's, you know, one of the focuses uh, going forward, and I don't think anybody can deny that you know, that there's been uh, a tremendous achievement already in that area at the OU. You know, we, we're, we're proud of what we've done, uh, but there's so much more right. uh, uh, to do uh, uh, with our teens, with our collegiates, with post-collegiates, uh, and certainly with the adult uh, uh, community. Right. So much more that we can uh, do to help bring Torah not only into our communities in a much more deep uh, way, uh, but to try to create a whole range of opportunities uh, for people to engage in serious learning uh, on subjects that interest them, uh, on things in which they really want to engage. I'm thinking, you know, uh, just as a uh, as an example, I'm thinking of what OU Press has done. I'm thinking of the Shurim Online. I'm thinking of Nachyomi. I'm thinking. I mean, if you, we can go through a whole list of things that you've already accomplished in this area. I can only imagine how much greater it's going to get. Yeah, look, you, there's probably a few people in the world who understand better than you do uh, the power of the web. Right. Uh, <coughs> both and you've really utilized it. And, and we've utilized it uh, uh, enormously. We've put uh, enormous resources uh, into our web department, uh, now running Nachyomi, uh, Mishnah uh, Yomis, Halacha Yomis, uh, and our very, very popular uh, Dafyomi Shiurim right. uh, from Rabbi Rosner and uh, Rabbi Elephant are now uh, probably between them uh, uh, getting thousands uh, of regular listeners uh, each day. Right, plus the publications, the books, the, the, the Jewish books. I mean, so much going on. In fact, I was given a list yesterday of uh, different people that are going to be joining us at different times, and it seems like you have a lot of authors coming up, so... Uh, uh, all right, so Torah at City Field. Not everybody associates Torah with City Field, Mr. Alan Fagan. Uh, you know, uh, we sometimes um, associate sports teams and sports activities with City Field. In this case, on January the 15th, it will in fact be Torah at City Field. The Orthodox Union and the host of today's most inspirational voices will be uh, together for an unprecedented day of Torah. There will be sessions on Torah, Halacha, Hashkafa, and Eretz Yisrael available throughout the entire day. 
with a whole variety of topics. It's January 15th, talking about five weeks from now, so there'll be plenty for people to read about this and hear about this as we get closer and closer. It happens at City Field. You're doing this all day. It's like a 10-hour affair, seriously. This, is, this will be a full day. Right, starting at 8.45 in the morning. There'll be free parking. That's one thing we do know about City Field. There's a lot of parking. Uh, there'll be free parking and lunch available for people for purchase, and there's an early bird registration if you do this before December the 16th. Uh, go to ou.org slash city. That's spelled C-I-T-I. That's ou.org slash city. And this is what you're referring to when you say a different type of convention, right? Absolutely. We've never done this before. Uh, and we're very, very excited uh, about what can only be characterized as an all-star lineup of extraordinary Torah personalities uh, for the entire, uh, the entire day. The first thing I should stress, though, uh, is that it's Torah... Indoors at City right. Field. Oh, good point. In January. Good right. point. We've had a number of comments asking right. uh, about whether we're going to be providing mittens and foot warmers. <laughs> this, is, this is an indoor program. We've got the whole uh, clubhouse uh, area. Uh, yeah, I've been City to Field. dinners at City Field, and it really works well. For people who are wondering, you know, how can you do indoors at City Field and run a nice event, it really works well over there. So Very, very well. It's a terrific venue. Uh, there's plenty of parking. It's right. convenient. Uh, yeah, to really. All of our all of our communities. Uh, we also uh, will have to make this uh, even more convenient. Uh, we will have childcare arrangements. Uh, we'll have uh, childcare available uh, during the course of the day uh, for the little kids. Uh, for the older kids, uh, we will have a trip uh, to the uh, science museum, next which door. is just next door to right. City Field. We will arrange. Uh, the transportation will have buses going back and forth. Oh, you're taking this very seriously. We're taking this seriously. We don't. We don't want anyone who wants to spend the day learning Torah to say, "I can't because I don't know what to do with the kids." We'll have plenty of opportunity uh, uh, to be able to deal with uh, uh, with childcare, uh, plenty of parking, uh, and it's going to be a, a fantastic uh, program uh, from the very beginning of the day, uh, which will start. Uh, with Dafyomi uh, Shiurim, uh, given by two of the superstars of uh, the Dafyomi world, Rabbi Moshe Elephant uh, and uh, Rabbi Shalom Rosner. Uh, Rabbi Rosner will be in from Israel. Nice. Uh, so we'll start the day uh, that way. And as you indicated during the course of the day, we've divided the program uh, into four basic uh, segments, uh, running in parallel uh, each hour. Uh, so that you'll have your choice of shiurim during the course of the day. We'll have a halacha track, a hashkafa track, uh, a track on Tanakh, uh, and a track on Israel, and interspersed throughout the day, uh, various uh, plenary sessions with really outstanding uh, personalities and shiurim. The OU has announced that speakers that day on January the 15th will include Rabbi David Lau, Rabbi Herschel Schachter, Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, Rabbi Tzvi Hirsch Weinrib, Rabbi Aaron Lopiansky, Rabbi Yosef Tzvi Rimon, Mrs. Rookie Billet, Rabbi Moshe Weinberger, Mrs. Shira Smiles, Rabbi Yochanan Zweig, Mrs. Minna Glick, and many more. And we should, uh, for those who didn't realize, point out that there'll be a variety of people coming in from Israel. This is not just one, but there'll be a, a bunch of people coming in from Israel to address the crowd that day. Absolutely. We, we have some extraordinary people coming in uh, uh, from Israel. Uh, some of the shiurim uh, will be uh, for men, some for women, uh, others for men and women. Uh, so there's really something here for everyone. Uh, in any given hour, there will be at least four choices of uh, shiurim. 
uh, and some really outstanding uh, plenary sessions by some of the greatest Torah personalities of our generation. You could save by going to early bird registration right now at uh, ou.org slash city. Again, that's ou.org slash C-I-T-I. This is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners' sponsored digital radio. Heard exclusively around the world, NahumSiegel.com, the NSN Network, and of course, the NSN app. Alan Fagan is here, Executive Vice President at the OU, as we discuss the event on January the 15th and many other issues. I was handed the Impact Report 2016 of the Orthodox Union. This is one impressive book, to say the least. And it goes through, I mean, frankly, you know, we'd be here all day if we went through every single department uh, that you're proud of and that the OU is uh, is concentrating on. Uh, can you give us some highlights? Could you give us a uh, a little bit of an overview of what people who would see this uh, impact report would be watching, would be looking at? Sure. Uh, what, what we tried to do in this report, uh, which is brand new for us, we've never uh, done this before, uh, we tried to accomplish a couple of things. Uh, one was to see if we could put between two covers uh, uh, a summary of all of the programs that the OU runs. Uh, there are so many people out there uh, who think of the OU in fairly unidimensional terms? Right. Uh, for Some, sometimes, fairly enough, you know, like and, and fair and, right. and, and, and fairly in enough. Rather, in, right. in all fairness, <laughs> right. uh, we have we have not done uh, the kind of job that we really need to do uh, to publicize the, the the breadth and the array of our uh, programming. Uh, so many, many people think of the OU uh, when they shop and look for the OU symbol on kosher products. Obviously, that is a uh, an iconic. Uh, brand, uh, and uh, many, many people associate the OU with Kashras and don't realize uh, a lot of the other things uh, that we do. Right. Uh, many people who know NCSY well think of NCSY without realizing uh, that we also run OU Israel. Uh, there are people who know Yachad well, uh, uh, many that don't associate Yachad with the OU, uh, but they'll they'll know Yachad without realizing what we do in the area of synagogue services. Right. There are shul members who know what we do in the area of synagogue services, but don't realize that we are the fourth largest birthright provider in the United States, that we run an extraordinary uh, birthright program. Last year we took uh, in excess of 50 buses uh, of young men and women uh, to Israel on the birthright program, and then we do extraordinary follow-up uh, with them uh, when they return. And it's been such a while since we've even discussed that on the air, but it's one of the backbones at this point of the birthright organization, is the OU and what the OU does. Absolutely. Uh, not only a backbone of the birthright program itself, but I think it's fair to say uh, that at the moment we probably have the most sophisticated and robust follow-up program uh, for birthright alumni, we have a terrific program called Bring Israel Home right. uh, that has really caught on uh, among large segments of the of the birthright uh, participant population. Uh, the program encourages uh, young people who return from birthright to engage in a whole array of Jewish-related activity uh, when they return. They earn points for engaging in that activity. And if they reach a certain point level, then we bring back to the United States the Chayalim and Chayalot who were with them on their birthright bus in Israel. We bring them to the States 
uh, and we do a reunion program for the bus together with the soldiers who accompanied them. It is an, a, an absolutely uh, spectacular This has happened program. already? We've done there, we've done already been soldiers here in the United States? Sure, sure. We've done dozens and dozens of these programs, and it's really catching on as a, as a new signature way to maintain the engagement. Look, Burflight is a, is a, a wonderful uh, uh, experience. Right. Um, but the impact of that experience will be lost if we don't continue to follow up with the participants uh, and build on the experience that they had, the, the really intense emotional experience that they have of visiting Israel, most of them for the first time. The, re- the key here uh, is to follow up with them when they return to their campuses return to their communities so that we maintain that sense of Jewish identification that they've developed uh, while they're on the birthright trip. <coughs> this is a great step uh, in, in that direction. We've been able to encourage many of these participants uh, to take on additional uh, Jewish learning. Uh, many of them uh, are now uh, uh, engaged in Partners in Torah. Wow. Uh, and other kinds of uh, learning opportunities that we provide for them. So we take the follow-up very, very, very seriously. That's not your program yet, Partners in Torah, is it? No. It's not. Um, but we do partner with Partners yeah, of in Yeah, of course. Torah. That's the whole point of the whole birthright thing. A lot of organizations would shy away from partnering with somebody else or sharing credit, et cetera, et cetera. You've gone ahead and, and jumped at the opportunity and look at the success. The the, the sum is greater than the uh, you know than the... Some of the two parts. What is it? It's, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Indeed. <laughs> the, the, and, and these reunions that you described have happened outside the New York, New Jersey area also? Sure. I mean, they're happening, uh, they're happening in communities across the United States. That's pretty cool, I must say. And it now looks like we will get the funding uh, to be able to really uh, substantially expand uh, Bring Israel Home. It's a, it's a uh, very, very uh, innovative uh, yeah. I remember years ago when they were just speaking at the OU in, in its infancy regarding uh, what you now call Bring Israel Home, uh, you know, h- how to go about doing this, how to go about making it an effective program. That angle of bringing Israel and the soldiers here is absolutely brilliant. Alan Fagan's here. He's Executive Vice President, Chief Professional Officer at the OU. We mentioned the January 15th event. Obviously, we'll be talking plenty about that between now and the 15th of January. That happens at City Field. They're calling it Torah at City Field, uh, you spoke about birthright. You you sort of have mentioned uh, a bunch of different things that the OU is responsible for, uh, as we discussed the impact report of 2016. Uh, what else could you tell us that uh, that many of our listeners may not be aware of? Well, you know the other the other reason that we thought it important uh, to publish this uh, impact report. Who's it available to, by the way? Uh, anyone uh, who wants it uh, can just uh, drop us a note, and Simple we will send it to them. It's it's gone out uh, together with Jewish Action. So it's now uh, in fifty to 60,000 homes. Anybody who subscribes to Jewish Action receive this in the last this issue. at the same time. Okay. Correct. So it's, it's out there in fifty to 60,000 homes right. uh, that receive Jewish Action. But if you send us uh, a note, uh, we'd be delighted uh, to send you a copy. Okay. The, the other thing that we tried to accomplish here uh, was to provide some real transparency uh, on how it is that we fund each of our programs. Um, there's a common perception out there, I meet it constantly, uh, that all of our programs are paid for 100% by the revenues that we derive from our Kashras supervision. Nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, And so we wanted to make that absolutely clear in a very, very transparent way. So 
uh, each of our programs uh, has financial information mm -hmm. uh, in this report uh, that makes pretty clear uh, that the bulk of the support for all of our programs uh, is coming from sources uh, other than Kashras. As an example, by the way, people know that the, uh, the Yachad organization is one of your crown jewels. You have an entire breakdown of all the different places between tuition and fundraising, which is 20% of the entire uh, budget, uh, government support, which is probably not as large as people think, again, another misconception, the OU's contribution, again, not as large as you say, as people might think, and in-kind contributions that are... Uh, uh, given as well, and it's a very large. But I mean, you know, the Yachad organization obviously sure. it takes a lot of money to run Yachad in the millions of dollars, and there people can see exactly how the money is uh, is designated and uh, how it's spent. You have an expense report essentially also on the same page. Precisely, so. and that's true for each one of right. our programs as you go through the book. All right, so it's our opportunity to uh, support and to um, and to uh, applaud uh, the, all these different programs that you're mentioning. We should we should give a special shout out to all the campuses because JLIC at this point has grown tremendously, right? Tremendously. The number of campuses is uh, much more than, than the last time we spoke, I'm sure. When, when I first uh, started uh, as, a, as a lay leader at the OU, uh, JLIC was on three campuses. Uh, <laughs> we're now on uh, 23, uh, and we're talking uh, about adding uh, uh, several additional campuses in the next year or two. And if we'd speak to some of those students, which I'm sure you have knowing you, uh, they would say what about their JLIC couples, about the families that are leading these campuses? In what way have they enhanced the students' lives? I, I think what they probably would point to uh, more than anything else is two things. Uh, one is the creation of real infrastructure on our campuses that allow from kids to remain from. Minyanim, mm -hmm. Eruv, dealing with my dorm key, all of those kinds of issues. Shabbos and Yantif. Supervising the kosher food program, right. having uh, minyanim available for Shabbos and Yantif, having meals available, all of that enormously important uh, to the life of those that choose uh, uh, to go to a secular campus. The other thing that they would point to, and I think here probably the most important, is the very intense personal relationships that develop between our educator couples and many of these kids. Um, I, I think that the most important uh, indicia of success, as far as I'm concerned, are the number of chasanas <laughs> where our, our educator uh, couple, the rabbi right. uh, on a particular <laughs> campus, has been Masada Kedushin, uh, at weddings uh, for these kids. They develop an incredible relationship uh, 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 w with the couples, uh, the young women uh, with, the, with the female educator, the young men with the male educator. Uh, it, it's a very, very intense personal relationship at a point in their lives when that kind of relationship and counseling, particularly outside of their communities, and on a secular campus, with all of the pressures that we all understand, uh, the role model uh, is so necessary mm -hmm. uh, for them. And the need to have someone to talk to, to answer their questions, uh, just to be there for them when they need that emotional support is just unbelievably important. Must make the parents a little calmer, no? I would think. Uh, I think it makes... Uh, 
the parents a little bit uh, a, a little bit calmer. You were shocked to hear that which campus wanted a JLIC couple. You were surprised to hear which I don't know what's the what was the most unlikely place of the twenty three, and you said, "Wow." This is something that they are asking for a JLIC couple. I didn't realize there was a Jewish population like that there, or that they'd actually, you know, benefit from this type of program. Yeah, so I, I think I think the one that's uh, surprised me uh, the most is Santa Monica Community College. You're not serious in Los Angeles, um, and it's a fascinating, fascinating uh, story, uh, uh, and I think it illustrates very, very well uh, the need to look in detail at every one of the communities that we service. Uh, so we already had a very, very large, very successful program um, uh, at uh, the University of California uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, Santa Monica Community College is a two-year college. Many of the kids that can't get into UCLA, or at least can't get in directly, they start there. They start at Santa Monica Community College and then move on uh, to UCLA. Right. Um, it is an enormously popular destination for large portions of the Persian community in Los Angeles, uh, a community that uh, we, frankly, uh, had not been serving uh, well. We now have an educator couple uh, working with Santa Monica Community College from the community. Uh, it's basically a commuter school, so we have this couple, instead of living on campus, they're living in Westwood. Right. Uh, and servicing that community uh, directly on campus during the week, in their community uh, on Shabbos. It's become an enormously uh, successful program. Pretty amazing. And I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you if there's any uh, OU products that have become kosher recently that caught you by surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Why talk about Jewish education on campus when we can talk about the latest things that have gotten the OU? But there's nothing shocking in that area these days. Huh? <laughs> uh, nothing more shocking than medical marijuana. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Wasn't that a whole big thing about their hashgacha? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Impact Report is available to you. Those of you who subscribe to Jewish Action, as uh, Alan said, probably the majority of this audience gets it. Um, uh, you can see it. It's called Torah, Tradition, and Continuity, Dreaming Big for the Jewish Future. And as I mentioned as we started this conversation, uh, the OU is led by people, and it seems they've always been led by people who are very forward-thinking and understand uh, what's going to be happening in this 21st century uh, you could see their impact report either if you're a Jewish Action subscriber or feel free to contact the OU through any of the methods of contact, and they'll be more than happy to send it to you. I also call your attention to January the 15th and encourage you to circle your calendar, whatever we do digitally these days with our calendars. It's Torah at City Field. The OU is actually using this day for their official convention. The convention co-chairs are Mr. Steven Savitsky and Dr. Shimmy Tenenbaum, and you are invited to join them as the OU and a host of today's most inspirational voices have an unprecedented day of Torah at City Field, not on the field and not outdoors, indoors in the beautiful City Field uh, facility. I have been there for events. It is conducive, I would say beyond conducive, uh, for this type of uh, activity. It starts at 8.45 in the morning on January the 15th at City Field in Queens. There's free parking. There's lunch available for purchase. There's an early bird registration, which means if you register online before December the 16th, you can get the least expensive uh, fee possible, and that's by registering now at ou.org slash city, ou.org slash c-i-t-i. We went through the roster of speakers that uh, are going to be included. Uh, many others will be there as well. 
And if you look at the back of this, and I'm not even going to start with this. Maybe I'll do this, you know, when we announce the events as we get closer. I'll do some of these. If you look at some of these topics, they're intriguing topics. I mean, you're not going with the, you know, with the traditional shiurim. You're going with, with things that are really interesting to people in 21st century America. Yeah, some of these topics are really uh, extraordinary. I'll give you my personal, yeah, uh, my personal favorite. We've got Rav Gidon Weitzman, yeah. who is uh, the director of the Pua Institute for Fertility and Medicine, uh, talking about the halachic implications of edited embryos. That is, can you, in effect, create your own child, create the gender of your child uh, by the manipulation of uh, uh, genetic material and all of the halachic implications of that? That's one that I absolutely will not miss. Life is getting complicated, huh? You bet. Reflected by a lot of these topics, by the way. Absolutely. But you don't shy away. You and your organization don't shy away from discussing these topics. You you jump right in and delve into them. We, we don't shy away, and we think that, that it's enormously important not only to discuss uh, contemporary issues like this, but I think it shows the, the vibrancy of Torah and Torah study and that there are... Uh, subjects that will be of interest uh, to uh, uh, selected audiences and subjects that will be of interest uh, to virtually uh, everyone. Uh, I will start uh, the program when we finish uh, Dafyomi uh, in dialogue uh, with Rav Lau, uh, the chief rabbi. We will talk about some very serious subjects, uh, including uh, conversion issues uh, in Israel, uh, 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 the controversy at the Kotel, and uh, and so on. How so, appropriate that the day essentially starts, I know after Dafiomi, but the day essentially starts with this, you know, U.S.-Israel thinking what's happening 6,000 miles away. You know for us that's a very important thing. Correct, and, and we're very, very grateful that uh, Rav Lau will be with us uh, and that he's agreed to uh, uh, engage in this uh, conversation, and I think he feels strongly that... Uh, uh, with all of the controversy that has surrounded a number of these issues, uh, this is an opportunity for uh, for him mm-hmm. uh, to explain uh, his own uh, positions. Let's hope the Israeli media doesn't show up so he can really speak freely. <laughs> Let's hope. Alan Fagan, uh, the, OU, uh, the OU gets ready for January 15th with Torah at City Field. You can register now, pre-registration, early bird at uh, ou.org slash city, ou.org slash city. Congratulations on the impact report on your amazing tenure so far. I thank you again. Uh, you've made a commitment to stand by us as we grow here, and we've made a commitment to stand by you and the OU as it continues to grow. It's extremely impressive what's happening out of your offices, and I thank you for joining me. Thank you, Nakam. It's so great to be in this new uh, <laughs> facility, thank you. Uh, and we wish you all the very, very best. You are so important to our community, and Really delighted uh, uh, to see you uh, starting the next and wonderful chapter in your enormous service to Kalal Yisrael. I greatly appreciate that. And like I said earlier, uh, based on what happened 34 years ago, it is appropriate that the OU has reacted with such great positive feelings, and I thank you for that. Alan Fagan, uh, everybody out there, circle January 15th. We'll talk plenty more about it as we get closer and closer. More coming up on a Tuesday morning edition of JM in the AM. Keep it here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Ani roe olam khadas, 
Shapiro. Uh, Mordechai Shapiro with Hayom Hazeh. Nice selection, huh? That's for sure. We specialize in nice selections. Simcha Liners, Va'ala Kol. You heard Benny Freeman brand new with Kol Yumei Chayai from the uh, album Fill the World with Light. I want to thank Benny for being here yesterday. A lot of app comments. Let me go through them because some of the questions were answered while we um, spoke with Alan Fagan on the air earlier here at JM in the AM. Oh, and by the way, if you're on Facebook, go to my profile. Listener Joe sent me a picture of what the app looks like on the screen in his car. And it's really cool. <laughs> I mean, it's really cool <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. So if you go to my profile, Nahum Siegel on Facebook, you will see what the app looks like um, on Listener Joe's uh, screen in his car on the front screen, the front panel. Anyway, we had some app comments uh, when Alan Fagan was here. Let's go through some of them. You can comment on the NSN app, of course, whatever you wish. Um, listener Joe says, great job, Nachum. We don't even feel that you left the radio. I thank you for that. Listener Malky, are sessions mixed? Are they separate for men and women? And the answer, according to what Alan told us, is that some are mixed and some are separate. Uh, Dafyomi at JLIC at Penn is great. My daughter really benefits from them. That's good to hear. Um, he says that NSN should go on location to the JLIC universities. You no, know, with any other partner, I'd be skeptical, but I bet with our friends at the OU, they would facilitate that for us. And it would, it would be amazing to go to some of the JLIC campuses, especially the one in, uh, was it Santa Monica, Santa Barbara? That would be pretty cool. It's a good suggestion. I like that. Um, what else do we have here? For those who cannot attend, the out-of-towners, will sessions be recorded and made available? We will find that out. It's actually a good question that we, I don't have the answer to. But knowing the way the OU operates these days, I have, an op I have a, a feeling that everything will be available online, uh, either during or uh, after the, uh, the day at City Field. That's what I'm thinking for sure. Uh, it is the uh, Nahum Single Network, Jam in the AM for a Tuesday. Leon Goldenberg is going to be joining us in a couple of minutes. We are finally going to get an opportunity to speak with him post-Venice. Um, want to remind everybody that the young Israel of Flatbush welcomes Mayor Weingarten, our very own Mayor Weingarten of the Nahum Single Network, to uh, Sudachli Sheet this coming Shabbat. Right after the 405 Mincha, he'll be speaking. He'll be the guest speaker at the young Israel of Flatbush. Keep that in mind. Don't forget the Kalbach Shabbos happening at the Mizrahi on the Lower East Side is this Shabbos. Mincha followed by Kabbalah Shabbos at 420. Mincha followed by Kabbalah Shabbos at 420. 
the uh, Oneg at Beitanasi Friday night. The OHEL Institute for Training, under the name of the, of the Mellon Philizactor OHEL Institute for Training, has Addressing ADHD in Children and Teens, Comprehensive Psychosocial, Pharmacological, and Combined Treatments with featured presenter Dr. William Pelham, who will speak on the topic. That happens this Thursday all day long at the Kingsway Jewish Center. Information, ohelfamily.org slash training. ohelfamily.org slash training. Um, coming up uh, today, right after JM and the AM, it's JM Rewind. We get an opportunity to... Uh, revisit some of the interviews we've done over the last couple of weeks. Pay careful attention and stay tuned to JM Rewind under the tutelage of uh, Mr. Yoni Pollock. That's happening coming up on JM and the AM, or I should say right after JM and the AM. Just about 25 minutes from now, uh, you'll get an opportunity to uh, to tune in and, um, and hear some of the conversations we've had, uh, including the um, a conversation with Nitzan Chen of the Israel government uh, press office, which was a really nice conversation, Rabbi Chirlo from this past Friday on the accessibility Shabbat topic and much, much more. So we'll have all that for you starting at 9 o'clock this morning right after uh, JM in the AM on JM Rewind. Here's Avraham, Avram Freed. This is JM in the AM. <laughs>
Abramo, there he is. Song is called Capara. JM in the AM. Well, we got back from Venice uh, just before Thanksgiving weekend, you'll recall. And uh, we've been trying to uh, get Leon Goldenberg, our American chair for the uh, the Venice uh, Jewish Unity Initiative, on the air. And we have finally succeeded this morning, I'm glad to say. I've said this uh, probably ten times already on these airwaves. Uh, but when we first brought this concept to uh, Leon and mentioned the city of Venice and its Jewish community, his eyes lit up because he knows just how incredible a place it is and uh, just how much spirit the small Jewish community of Venice can use. And anybody out there who visits there, keep that in mind. You have an opportunity to really bring some inspiration and spirit to a uh, to an intense but small Jewish community. Leon Goldenberg, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum. So let me tell you, mm. I don't like to bring it up again and again and again, but what is it about small communities that woke me up? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. You know, it's funny. I'm, in preparation for this morning, I'm saying to myself, you know, you travel to a lot of small places, and I can get your perspective, especially for those of us who hang out in the in the luxury of, you know, having millions of Jews around us in these areas. We could talk a little bit about small communities. But, yes, if you go back into the annals of, uh, of JM and the AM history, a lot of people recall that when we introduced the uh, idea of bringing a safer Torah to Eugene, Oregon, who spearheaded that effort? It was, of course, Leon Goldenberg. That and it, was my first introduction, and I, and I say it all the time. And I speak, you know, I am actually I speak at a lot of uh, Shabbos, not a lot. I've a number of Shabbos night learning programs, and right. I speak about it. I will tell you clearly, it was one of the highlights of my life. Uh, but the idea of recognizing that there can be, as there were in times of old, right. Small Jewish communities that actually thrived. By the way, you know I hate to be I hate to be uh, that bold in suggesting this, but one might argue that your introduction to small communities through our efforts in Eugene, Oregon, might be one of the reasons that you're so involved in the leadership of the Shalom Torah Centers. I, I don't deny that. Wow. I don't deny that. Wow. That woke me up to, oh, you know, Kirov had started really. In a, in a large force after the '67 war, right? Um, it was still an Israeli thing. It was still an Israeli event, right? And it was just beginning in America, and that's already over 20 years. Yep. And for me, that was really an eye-opening experience to recognize not what we bring to them. And I think that's the mistake that everyone makes. We're going to go to them, and we're going to show them what true Judaism is. Right. <laughs> It They're works. showing us. It works a little differently, huh? It works a little differently. They're showing us you come to these small communities and that they keep everything and that they have everything and that they have their small yeshivas or whatever they may have in order to exist. They are teaching us how to be true Jews. Well, if that, I, yeah. That's, I think, part of your experience in Venice. Oh, no question about it. And, and just back to the other point for a second, if I get 1% of the credit for what you've done with the Shalom Torah Centers, and I am one thrilled person... But yes, and by the way, Leon, you didn't tell us that be that at the last minute when you were not able to join us, we understood that, and, and we regretted it, but we understood it. You didn't tell us you'd be sending some spies along from your that's area. That's right. That's right. Who, who would literally be in the center 
of all the dancing going on that yeah, Saturday night yeah. during the Malava Malka, and who came over to us afterwards asking where we're going to next because they were so inspired by what we did in Venice, which was great. <laughs> that was really nice. But right. I know Ellie I, Lieberman and his wife, right. Connie, were there with another couple. I'm not actually sure who the other couple were. Uh, but he actually, I, when I, after Shabbos here, I already had from him, you know, pictures and everything. <laughs> I'm telling you. Before I, you. I know. We we felt like you had a direct line as, as as if you were sitting and watching it. I'm telling you, it was absolutely incredible. And to to have them come over and be so proud of what was happening was amazing. And we there were other people there. Because you know what it's like. It's Venice. There are people there from around the world every single Shabbos. And there were other people from Brooklyn and other areas of this uh, of this um, uh, you know this area of the world that were that happened to be there for Shabbos and saw you know were eyewitnesses to the entire thing. And it's funny because again you know you and this was so inspiring to us the moment we told you about this you were like you know this is a great idea and you're picking the right place because they could use the chizuk and because it's such an amazing history and half of the trip as you know is bringing that history to our listeners i mean it was just a an amazing experience because 99% of this audience will never have an opportunity to be in venice and to see all this and that's to, and a mistake they should that's go right they should go. You should go. Yeah. I, I travel with my wife a lot. Sometimes she says too much. <laughs> it's only Jewish-related. Right. To see where Jews have lived, where they existed, what happened, what became. And if you go and you see and you travel and you understand Jewish history, you need to be a believer. It's impossible to have seen where Jews have been over the centuries literally over the millennium, right. survived, created communities, and say that there isn't a God. That there isn't a God. These were, these were small. I mean, Venice grew into a large community, but it started off as a little nothing community. Yeah, well, you know, we, we've discussed your family history a number of times, you know. Right. Har, har, hard not to be a believer, you know, with what your family history is all about. So, right. But the Marie Mintz, right. which everybody, he's right from there, that area. Right. And he's buried there. You can go. You can go to these people's farm today. People that lived four or five hundred years ago, that are part of 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 our anything that you learn. You start to see this safer, that safer. It's quoted here. It's quoted there. These people lived in these areas, and some of them lived in little little towns uh, from from uh, near Barbanel when he was thrown out of Spain, went right. to Portugal. Mm-hmm. And then from Portugal, he went there, and he's, they don't have his kever, but he's buried in that area, near Venice. Yeah, it is, uh, look, it's rich with Jewish history. You walk through that ghetto, you walk through the streets, you feel what was going on there 500 years ago, and 400 years ago, and 300 years ago. I mean, you're talking about an experience that's like none other. Uh, and it just, and you know, all this happening in a very, very small area, as you know. We kept describing it to our listeners, I don't think until you're there. No, you can't, you right. can't. Now, you, you, you think of it, uh, you know, especially many people have gone to, like, the Warsaw Ghetto, and it's blocks and blocks. This is one little block. Just a square. That's yeah. it. Shabbos afternoon, we were saying every kid growing up in this ghetto 400 years ago was in this square, you know, playing on Shabbos afternoon, basically. It's, it's, whoa, everything okay there? You all right there, Leon? Something, yeah. Something Fine. else that people don't realize. Yeah. Skyscrapers. Right. Where were they developed? Correct. It all started there. I choose in Venice. Because you could only build up. You could only build up. You have eight-story buildings in Venice. 
It's just an incredible sight to see to see these eight-story buildings. You don't have that in Venice, yeah. except in the ghetto. You do see it in other Jewish ghettos because they were forced to live in small areas, and this was part of, in a sense, the punishment that Jews went through because many times they didn't tear down a building like they do today, tear down like in Bar Park, they tear down a one family, <laughs> put up two, uh, two six families. Right. They had to, while they were living there, they had to build another floor and another floor, and it became very dangerous. Dangerous and also very small. Those floors ended up being, you know, relatively short compared you to... You would not get into some of those floors. Correct. They'd have to let me be on the first floor, <laughs> Leon. Please, <laughs> out, of, out of mercy, they'd have to let me live on the first floor. Right, right. Some of those floors were not six foot tall. That's for sure. You'd be, <laughs> uh, you know, walking around on your knees all day. <laughs> so there we go. But so, it, it, it is important to bring Judaism to these places, to give them chizik, but to get chizik from them. No question about it. And we did get a big dose of physics, that's for sure. And I thank you again. Venice trip, uh, certainly a great, great success and recognized as such around the world. Hey, I wanted to get a minute with you uh, since we have you on the phone and you've been so difficult to get a hold of because of all your personal travels over the last couple of weeks. Um, I mean, I know you're watching very carefully as the uh, as the uh, new administration is, is forming in Washington, D.C., or I should say in New York City in Washington, D.C. Could you give us a word about the lessons in the aftermath of this election that that the influence of any group in this country and really any individual in this country is stronger and greater than we think and those who have not yet registered have got to go and do so and if there's one lesson we've learned from the election of 2016 is that literally every vote counts I think that's clear certain states it was a 10,000 count a state right in a national election but the personal relationships are so critical to our community. The personal relationships, I don't know if you saw the story about Saul Werdega that was floating around. Yes. It's a two-year-old story. Great story. A great story, but this is a personal relationship. We can create, each one of us can, can call our congressman, and especially a congressman from outside of the New York, New Jersey area, where he doesn't have that many Jews in his, in his corner, and call him and create relationships with them. They want to know. They want to learn. I was called about two months ago by a new congressman. Somebody had uh, set me up with him. He has no Jewish community in his district. He has no Jewish community. He knows he's supposed to be supportive of Israel because it's good for his, but he really doesn't understand it. Mm -hmm. I spent two hours with him. I developed a relationship. We're emailing each other. I'm sending him certain articles. You can develop these relationships. They're so critical. There's no question. And, and we do have a new president, and it was really uh, by a few votes right. across the country. Registering and voting is critical and fundamental. And when you say getting involved in terms of personal relationships, uh, don't discount the young people as well. You would say it to people in their 20s and 30s as well, that they have an opportunity. A hundred percent. The younger, the better. Right. Simple as that. That's usually... That develops a long, long career that you can do this. Don't yeah. start when you're 80 and say, now I'm going to go out and do it. Now I have the time. Or I'm 65. Now I retire. Don't get me wrong. You're retired. You want to do something. It's a great thing to do. But start in your 20s and develop those relationships. Because when you develop relationships with young people that are on the city level and on the state level, you don't know. I mean, this year was an anomaly right. in that both candidates were really not politicians. Right. Um, 
Clinton was a U.S. senator, but she came from nowhere to become a U.S. senator. I don't mean from nowhere. Right. But she came from, from nowhere. Politically, the different, right. Right. And usually, as you take a look at all the members of the House, all the members of the Senate, they start off as city council people, state assembly, state senate, whatever it is in their state. So by making those relationships when they're young and when they're first starting out and trying to pick out who you think has a possibility of going, you can have the most impact, like a Saul Werdegar who did something simple, but there's a, the, the, in the uh, Security Council, when they wanted to pass last year a resolution against Israel uh, to create the Palestinian state. So the U.S. was going to veto it, but they prefer not to veto. They lost by one to Palestinians. They were blown away because one African country that always voted with them voted abstained. And so therefore they didn't have the required, I think, nine or ten votes. Why did that country vote it suddenly? And this is even before the, uh, Netanyahu went to visit South Africa and in Southern Africa. Right. Because there was a Jewish guy in London, or in England, I'm not sure if he's in London, but I think he's in London. Jewish guy that does business in this little country. And has created a relationship with the president. Netanyahu actually, in one of his speeches, mentioned this guy's name. Because he called up the president of the country and said, don't vote against Israel. Unbelievable. And he didn't vote against Israel, and they lost by one vote. Unbelievable. And the U.S. did not have to use its, its uh, veto power. Relationships can be incredible. Nothing about that story surprises you? That's no. for sure. No. Leon, I can't thank you enough. Tadaraba, continued the great service to the Jewish world, and thanks for all your support. Okay, till your next trip. Bezrat Hashem. I hope to talk to you before. I hope so. And everyone... I got to talk to you about Shalom before this shoot for Shalom. Don't worry, we'll be we'll be back. We'll certainly be in touch. <laughs> and everyone's asking where the next trip is. We need your input on that. Uh, Leon Goldenberg, everybody, on a Tuesday morning edition of JM. In the AM. Plenty more coming up. I know just a few minutes, but after the few minutes of JM in the AM, don't forget, we've got JM Rewind coming up. Uh, you get to take a look and take a close listen to some of the great interviews we've done over the past couple of weeks. Want to take a uh, moment and just wish a special mazel tov to the Brescher and Bloom families. What an incredible wedding celebration last night. Shimshon and Leah, mazel tov to you. Uh, Rabbi Mrs. Tzvi Bloom and the entire Bloom and Brescher families, we say Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM and the AM. An honor to be part of the big celebration last night. Aaron Teitelbaum with a 20-piece uh, symphony orchestra with Yisrael Lamb conducting uh, with a, an incredible uh, and just amazing Shlemy Daskal as lead vocalist, lead singer for the incredible Simcha. It was just an amazing and wonderful night. So to the Bloom and Brescher families, we say Mazal Tov. I was a double honored not just to be there for the wedding, uh, but to be there uh, celebrating with the Bloom and Brescher families made it extra special over there in Brooklyn, New York. So Leia and Shimshon Mazaltov to you and your parents and the entire families from all of us here at JM in the AM. More coming up on a Tuesday at JM in the AM.
שרתי לבדי, אלה איפה ויאמר בלבבי מי יולד יסיים, ואלה אלה מי יגידי. בין אני נשארתי לבדי, ואלה אלה איפה הם? Achena Israel and Achim Achem, our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I should do the real ID now. Uh, it's a jam in the AM with uh, me, Nachum Siegel, on America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard a listener sponsored digital radio. Heard exclusively around the world at NachumSiegel.com, the NSN Network, and of course, the NSN app. I really should do the real ID, right? Yeah. I don't know why it's always the end of the show where I make that mistake. Real force of habit, I guess. Anyway, uh, yeah, we'll graduate to the point where this will become force of habit. JM Rewind is next. ZK has a live lunch starting at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Take my recommendation. Have I ever steered you wrong? Not a chance. Take my recommendation. Listen in all day long at NachumSiegel.com on the NSN app on our listen line at 605-562-4400. Listen in all day long and enjoy our incredible presentations. Um... All through the day on our incredible Nahum Siegel Network. Big thank you to all of our guests this morning. Tomorrow, plenty more. Make sure to be tuned in early for bonus JM before 6 o'clock. Till the Nahum Siegel reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.